Welcome to Cinecast, a Cinedec podcast where we chat with outside-the-box thinkers that are changing the video industry. Take one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinecast, a Cinedec podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. On this episode, we're wrapping up our conversation with Cinedec CEO Charles Dotremont. The creation of Insert Editing and the Cinex tool was a long journey. And in the past two parts of this three-part series, we broke down Charles' history into the tech space, how that shaped his perspective toward innovative solutions, and how a stubborn industry posed the biggest roadblocks. Charles, great to have you on. How are you doing? Great, thanks. All right, so we're wrapping up the conversation now. I want to get briefly into the technicalities of insert editing. What were some of the specifics that you had to overcome that people were saying, oh, it's not possible to do X, Y, and Z? Um, and then feel free to get in the weeds of um, of the specificities a little bit there, but what was that breakthrough moment where you realized, oh, we just have to do X to the compressed file to make it work? Right, so in the original uh, iteration of insert edit, in my head when I was discussing it with the customer, we were talking about uncompressed files and that it would be easy to do insert edit for an uncompressed file because every frame is the same size uh, in terms of its data size inside the file. And that's really key to insert edit. Now, um, you could think of that as kind of a, uh, in a compressed world, you could you have two approaches. One is a, uh, fixed frame size, and then the data compression to fit the data inside that frame is variable. So, for instance, DNX is a constant bitrate codec in that sense where it says every frame is going to be 1.3 megabytes, and the compression is, var- is varied to make sure it fits in that 1.3 megabyte space. ProRes, on the other hand, is a variable bitrate codec where the compression is the same for every frame and therefore depending on the content the output size of the frame can be different so that's getting into the weeds a bit but it's pretty important yeah Um, so with ProRes the problem you have is if you have a say a black frame that's a solid black no actual picture in it that can compress down to a very small size, like, you know, a few K actually. Um, And if you have a normal video picture that is part of a television show, it could compress down to say a megabyte for the same, for the same frame. So if you can imagine, if you're trying to do an insert edit where you're replacing a black frame with a picture frame, you don't have space to put that picture frame in there unless you are changing the way it's compressed, which you can't do with ProRes. So this is the, the fundamental issue with ProRes, and that's really the reason that um, most people said it couldn't be done. And we did have to do a bit of a hack in order to get it done, which is we pad the ProRes file out so that in the file wrapper, there's enough space for every frame to be the maximum size that it could possibly be regardless of how big it actually is. And so even though you're not changing the way that the the frames are compressed, you're changing the way they're stored in the file. And this again is a big pushback area because 
people are very averse to things that are new and aren't the way they're used to. So we had a lot of challenges getting people to adopt this padded ProRes workflow. But again, as we got into here and there and word of mouth started pushing uh, awareness of it, the editors like uh, Resolve and Media Composer, et cetera, started hearing that they needed to support this padded ProRes as a native export. Some vendors approached us to get the code to do that. Um, some vendors gave us the means to do that ourselves uh, through plugins. And so almost every major piece of software can export a padded ProRes now, and it's a very common workflow that everybody knows about. In any case, after the acceptance uh, grew for this padded workflow, we, of course, came across people who wanted other kinds of weird compression, like XDCAM, which is a long GOP compression type, uh, where within a group of 15 frames, the, only the information that's changed between the frames at the start and end is retained, if that's clear. Only the pixels that have actually changed and that have moved or changed color or whatever in the uh, video gets saved. And then when the file is decompressed, it's kind of reconstructed from a bunch of uh, pointers. It's almost like a DNA template or something, You're creating something out of very little. In any case, it's a, it's a very challenging insert edit. It's a very challenging problem technically to develop in insert edit for that. Uh, and again, we came across a lot of this can't be done. It can't be done. Uh, there's no way it could ever possibly be done. And it turns out that of course that's not true. It's just data It can be manipulated and it's not, uh, it's not easy, but it can be done. And it actually the method for doing it came to our developer in a dream. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. And there is a major company uh, that does a lot of work in the industry that to this day maintains its smoke and mirrors. They had come to see us at NAB and said, well, yeah, we're doing this too. Uh, but they've never actually brought out a product. So apparently they're not. Hmm. So there was a lot of pushback about whether that was true. And actually we sell... Uh, because we can do these XDCAM inserts, we sell a huge amount of the software in Japan where XDCAM is absolutely the king. Yeah. Um, so that was another story. Uh, not as well told. All right. So to kind of start to wrap up the conversation, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the back end of Cinedec, the back end of Cinex, and the conception process of insert editing software. But now let's look at the today, the future of Cinex. Uh, as I'm sure you've heard on this podcast, so many freelancers claim Cinex is one of their essential editing tools. How have you firsthand seen Cinex change workflows for the industry? Um, feel free to give some examples, or you can generalize if you'd like, but but yeah, I, I feel like so many people claim it's one of their essential um, tools in their toolkit of softwares. Um, how have you seen Cinex make a tangible difference? Well, we have a customer in, in actually in the north of um, England who is a freelance editor and colorist, and he does major 
UK kind of like concert movies is his specialty. So if you think of big festivals or like a, the Eagles reunion concert as the kind of thing he does, uh, he does that and it's generally in 4K and he's working in his own facility at his own home and he has internet, of course, uh, but not great internet. He doesn't have 40 gig upload and he's working on his own equipment. He doesn't have a whole facility behind him, but he's a great editor and people hire him a lot. So he's doing this, these kinds of 4K outputs where it might be a terabyte delivery. And um, that's a huge file. Once he copies that to an external drive that he's going to ship off to his customer, he will often get, oh shit, we forgot you know, X, Y, or Z, and he has to make a quick fix. Now, prior to Cinex Tools, he would have to have made the fix in his NLE, re-exported the file, which would take hours and hours, um, and then recopied that new file to his delivery disk, something that, you know, it might take him all day to do this. And now with Cinex Tools, he can make a credits fix on the delivery disk in seconds, literally. So for that particular person, it's changed his life entirely. He's no longer a slave to staying up all night rendering and copying stuff. And that's, you know, that's pretty much the, the, the same story on a facility level, too. Um, they just typically have more resources to throw at things. That's, you know, that's one very tangible. Another, of course, I've given the, the voice a, uh, as an example several times, they do huge numbers of changes to the picture, including after the show has been delivered to the audio house for the audio mix, those picture fixes can be made there by the audio guy even. Uh, they also then deliver that file to a dub house, quote unquote, that makes all the files that go to their international destinations. They still get picture fixes to the final show there. They have the same Cinex tools that can make those changes there. So it's really, uh, it's really transformative in the way they work. And I'd say that today's age of content creation is especially needing of technology like this. Um, you know, we see it in the amount of deliverables that clients are asking for. We see it in uh, the the literal length. We see it in you know, obviously the quality of um, of these productions increases, and that means the file sizes are typically increasing as well. And so, you know, re-rendering hours of 8K footage, QCing hours of re-rendered 8K footage, I mean, that takes up so much time, and it's such a waste of time. Um, and I feel like the concept of insert editing today is just so useful and so needed. It is. It is definitely more needed, as especially as we move to 4K. Now, not a lot of 4K is delivered to the home, Sure. But a huge amount of 4K is delivered from post houses to their customers, which is then handled in you know different ways, turned into uh, IMF 
for Netflix or turned into um, OTT, whatever it's turned into, it's master is still a 4K ProRes probably, especially as you move to higher frame rates, 4K becomes incredibly uh, resource intensive. 4K 60P is eight times the amount of data uh, as normal HD 30P. So you can imagine the, the render times for that, copy times for that, all of that stuff is eight times as much. Uh, the amount of disk space it takes up, just everything is um, much, much, much bigger. And being able to make a change, you know, a one, a one frame fix in a terabyte sized file, rather than having to export and copy it again, is, is huge. Well, Charles, I think that wraps up our conversation in three parts. Any final words you'd like to give our audience on the importance of Cinex in your eyes, of insert editing in general, um, or just anything to, to conclude our conversation today? Well, I think that uh, I, don't know. I think it's um, an incredibly useful tool that should have been around all the time. I mean, there's no reason industry leaders in software at the time couldn't have done this on their own. Uh, so that's just the that's the irony of it all. That it took 15 years or 20 years later for somebody to be disgruntled about the lack of it to uh, to have to bring it to those softwares. All right, everyone. This has been a conversation with Charles Dotremont, CEO of Cinedec. Charles, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thanks a lot. Take care. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Cinecast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to Cinedec.com slash podcasts, plural, podcasts, plural. Or you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. <laughs>